Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in, Wednesday edition of the show, and what do you know, Indiana battles through and gets the victory last night, 74-68 over Iowa. It wasn't pretty, but Indiana did what they had to do despite some concerning injuries. I'll be interested to see how things progress or what we learn about those this week, Uh, but Indiana with a big win last night. Could it be a turning point? Are we stretching for truce here this season because of all the disappointment and losses? Um, We'll see. But it's a week that Indiana, with some home opportunities, Penn State is next. And uh, Indiana has another winnable game ahead of them in Big Ten Conference play. Obviously, last night, Anthony Leal, such a key. Gabe Cups with the late shot as well. Huge for Indiana. Great news. Great things to talk about today. A lot of Indiana players in that game last night. When I say Indiana, I mean from the state of Indiana. Uh, If you look at Tony Perkins of Iowa and, of course, Lille and others on the IU roster. But uh, a big win for IU. I think some fans still holding hope that this could be a turning point as we head into the final month of the regular season, which is crazy to talk about. But definitely big for Indiana last night, and we'll see if this is an uptick and something that can continue. But I think we'd be remiss to not mention, and again, I read all the tweets and have checked in with people that I know that were at the game and around the program. Uh, Xavier Johnson went down hard last night. He left the court in a like a makeshift sling, it sounded like, um, according to Ken Bykoff of Peaks, um, like a towel kind of to hold his arm in place. No idea what the situation or the story is there, but obviously concerning. And no matter your thoughts on Xavier Johnson on the court, off the court, uh, whatever thoughts you might have about how he's helped or at times hurt Indiana, um, he has had the injury bug and not just a bug. He's had some pretty serious things to deal with when it comes to injuries the last couple of ta- uh, years in Bloomington. So hopefully this one is nothing like the others. Um, hopefully that's the case uh, just for his general well-being. But definitely concerning to see that and to hear that last night. He left the game after that play and never returned even to the bench to watch the end of the game, I do not believe. Also, probably as concerning, if not more concerning, is Malik Renew. He went out and did not return or maybe did come back 
uh, to the bench on some sort of crutches. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what Indiana tells us about those guys. Uh, obviously, the Renew thing is so disappointing because he has been a really good point for Indiana this season, and he is going to be needed if this team is really going to turn things around and uh, have a big month of February and see what they can get done, see where they can put themselves heading into the conference tournament. Uh, definitely going to be, um, you know, need him and need his his appearance, his performance, his presence, I guess is what I'm trying to say uh, in the low post. But I thought the Malik Renew injury last night was the one thing. Yeah, you're happy uh, if you're an Indiana fan to see Indiana win and know they have a chance maybe to to get some momentum going. But you're also just, I think, really concerned about some of the injuries uh, last night as well. Uh, and, of course, Mike Woodson after the game saying he didn't want to speculate, and that's obviously fair, but it will be interesting to see uh, what happens with these guys moving forward. One other little injury note, Kellel Ware, um, pretty good game, but I thought he had a point where he really favored that ankle. So we'll see what happens with him as well. But Indiana really seems to be battling some injury situations right now, that is for sure. And uh, going to be really, really key to see what happens with some of these things moving forward. Let's look at the show lineup, a uh, service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Uh, segment one, our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. We will take a look in segment one at the IU game a little bit further. We'll also look at girls' sectional action last night and a couple other headlines as well here in the opening segment of the show. Later today on Wednesday, I don't think we're going to have Dustin Dopierak today. He is traveling back from Boston, I believe, where I saw the end of that Celtics-Pacers game last night. The Celtics able to hang on and get the win. So no Dustin today. Justin Kalen, producer of this show, big IU guy, will join me. We'll talk through some IU basketball points and uh, get ready, start to get ready for the Penn State game later in the week as well. And then in segment three today, Josh Cook is back with us after a break. Uh, he was on vacation last week, but back in time for girls sectional action and uh, could not come at a better time. We had some good games last night, some Wednesday night uh, first round sectional games here in the area as well. And of course, gearing up for Friday night semifinals and Saturday championship games uh, in the girls sectional. I just can't believe we're already into the girls state tournament. It's hard to believe. Uh, that's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check out Honey Baked Ham today. They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily. They'll surely satisfy any craving you have. Check them out for lunch today. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is open. The number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If uh, you want to uh, catch up with us on anything from the game last night, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We'd love to hear from you. Looking for an icy cold thirst, uh, cold thirst quenching drink. Let me get that out. An icy cold thirst quenching drink. To keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and shoot us a text, 502-414-1450. 
Again, 502-414-1450. Let's get into some headlines today, and I think we have to start with the contest last night uh, for Indiana leading the way. I said he had a pretty good game. I meant he had a really good game. Kellel Ware, who I thought later in the second half did favor his ankle a bit. I think he was kind of, was he leaning down or grabbing it at one point, uh, which is always concerning. 23 points for the Hoosiers in his return. He is so needed for this Indiana team. He was an 8 of 10 from the field, one of one from three-point range, and he was six of 11 from the free throw line. He also pulled down a total of 10 rebounds as well for Indiana. I thought that was really, really good for him. Um, Also, other double-figure scores, I mentioned Anthony Lill. He was so good down the stretch. He got some opportunity, finished with 13 points. He hit shots, hit open shots, and that is so key for him. I think we'll continue to see his minutes increase, but when he gets in there, he's got to shoot it. There have been a couple times this year where he's gotten some run by Mike Woodson, and he really hasn't gotten any shots off. But uh, good night last night for Lille, former Mr. Basketball. Had to feel good for him to do that with Tony Perkins in the game obviously someone that he played uh, with and against a lot in some of the travel stuff over the years. But uh, Leal, four of six from the field, three of four from three-point range, two of two from the free throw line, and he had seven rebounds as well. thought he was outstanding last night uh, for the Hoosiers in 22 minutes that he logged for Indiana. Other uh, double-figure scores, McKenzie and Baco, uh, 11 points last night. Uh, Only 4 of 17 from the field, 2 of 8, shot 8 three-pointers connected on 2, 1 of 2 from the free throw line for Mbako. Of course, Renew only had 2 points um, because of the injury. He only had 1 shot from the field and uh, basically zeros the rest of the way across the stat columns. Xavier Johnson, before he went out, he had 9 points on 3 of 8 shooting. Uh, He logged 32 minutes before he missed the final portion of the game last night. So definitely some good takeaways from the box score last night and I I know we're talking about the box score but Gabe Cups the big three late uh, for the Hoosiers the only shot he attempted in the game was a humongous three for Indiana and uh, he connected on that in the 11 minutes that he uh, played last night a lot of those coming there at the end of the ball game when Xavier Johnson had to go out but just to kind of recap last night Leal huge 22 minutes off the bench 16, uh, excuse me, 12 points for Indiana, 13 points for Indiana last night. I'll get it right eventually. Uh, Kellel Ware, you never know what to expect coming back from an injury. Uh, he doesn't look to be totally healthy just yet, but he was solid. Indiana's rebounding, I thought, was really good last night, led by Ware and others in the low post. Even Leal contributing seven. Trey Galloway, seven rebounds as well. Good to see Galloway, a guard, uh, have seven rebounds in the game last night. Uh, also, I mentioned Gabe Cups. I still think that his best basketball some years ahead of him at Indiana, he's going to be a real force for the Hoosiers as far as helping run the offense and being a shooter, I hope, in the future. Uh, But getting some glances of that here in the freshman year, are we from this Indiana team? But I think the neatest thing, Anthony Leal, somebody that uh, is from the state, from Bloomington, his dream has always been to play at Indiana. It's like a storybook tale for him. I know it's not been a storybook season for Indiana, but uh, the chance for him to actually Uh, not just be on the team and be a cheerleader and a practice player, but to contribute in some key moments for this team has been absolutely huge and outstanding. And uh, Leal with a career night last night for Indiana. I'll give the guy this. I don't know what his future holds. I know that he's already 
made some headlines off the court by what he uses NIL money to pay off his sister's student loans, I think maybe a year or so ago. He's got a real estate uh, deal business going uh, in Bloomington. He's capitalized on NIL for that. He's always quick to promote his uh, pizza deal or a combo at one of the pizza restaurants in Bloomington. Uh, so he obviously is a sharp kid and a business-focused person, no matter what his basketball future looks like after his time at, at IU is done. But he always says the right thing. Um, he always, uh, I'm sure it's truth or truthful uh, that you know his dream was to be a Hoosier and to wear that jersey since he was a kid. But in those key moments, you know, right after a game when he gets that post-game interview, finally, uh, he always has the right things to say when he's on the podium or when the mic is in front of him. So that in itself is a real talent. But Anthony Leal was outstanding for him uh, to see. And it's going to be interesting to see. He is slowly but surely, I think, earned the trust of Mike Woodson and, and earned some more minutes for this Indiana team. After the IU game last night, I flipped on Pacers-Celtics. The Pacers were hanging tough but got beat there down the stretch by Boston in a good game. Then I flipped over to the Louisville game as well, and I tell you what, I quit watching. I was still on in the background, but uh, it went from a good game early to an absolute blowout. And then somehow, some way, every time I would glance up in the last five, four minutes of the game or so, uh, Louisville would consistently cut away at Clemson's lead. Uh, finally got it down really close. I think cut it to four or three at one point with just a couple minutes left in the second half. But uh, Clemson able to hang on and win 70-64. So uh, Louisville struggles under Kenny Payne continues. It's amazing. When I turn the radio on and listen to Louisville discussion right now, it very much has little to do with the current season but who the next coach is going to be. And I think it's going to be really interesting. I have, you know, not a Louisville insider, don't have any great sources. I think it's going to be interesting to see, do they absolutely fire Kenny Payne at the end of the year? And then who obviously do they go get at the conclusion of the season? But some difficult decisions that are going to upset people in the fan base when you have a former player, uh, someone connected to the program like Payne, who people really wanted him to come in and take the job. It was almost a cinch once he indicated he was interested in the job. And a similar situation at Indiana. I don't think Indiana's near at the point Louisville is right now with all the scandals and problems that have added on top of each other the last number number of years. But Indiana has had its struggles, and there is some concern about what the long-term future beyond the next season or so of Mike Woodson uh, would look like. And he's a former player. He's from the state. People love him. He's a Bob Knight guy. Um, so definitely adds in a whole bunch of different challenges for the school and the AD, and we're kind of seeing all that play out. Some of it very public right now with Kenny Payne and the Louisville program. Girls sectional action last night. Just kind of taking a look across some of the local sectionals. Interesting to us. The Floyd Central 4A sectional got underway. Just one game. Jennings County, the favorite there. They cruised to a 21-point win over Seymour to move on to a semifinal game on Friday. Also in 3A, at Charlestown, a really good game. Charlestown uh, able to hang on as Corden Central, who's the defending champion in that sectional. They really cut the Charlestown lead down, and uh, Charlestown had to hang on and win 49-43. Second game there, North Harrison, who's had a great girls basketball program in recent years. They were eliminated 64-55 by uh, Madison in the 3A Charlestown sectional last night. Providence, that sectional got underway with a 63-32 win 
for Brownstown Central, who is one of the favorites in the Providence sectional and also the 1A sectional. There's a couple of them at West Washington. Lanesville Cruz to a 56-26 win over Christian Academy. Lanesville probably the favorite, but Borden is right on their heels as a second favorite in that sectional. And host West Washington eliminated South Central 61-53. Also, New Washington last night, they are hosting a 1A sectional. Trinity Lutheran beat Medora, and Shaw Memorial beat Crothersville as well. New Washington will be in action a little bit later in the week. That's a look at some of the girls' sectionals. Last week, I tell you what, I always feel bad regardless of how the season has went. You know, there's a lot of teams and seniors, especially that season uh, came to an end last night and will this week for the final time ever. And you think back to high school sports and how special they are and what they mean to our communities. And uh, it's a sad deal. I mean, postseason basketball is great. Elimination basketball is great. It adds for great games to watch for fans, great games for guys like me to broadcast. But the flip side of that, there are some sad moments here over the next couple months. Sectionals to the state tournament, to the state finals, I mean, boys and girls when teams get eliminated, when seniors especially get eliminated uh, for the final time. That's a look at our headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you want to sound off on the game last night, questions for Justin and I, questions for Josh Cook on local stuff, 502-414-1450. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back after this here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Wednesday show. Uh, Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star is traveling today, so he will not be with us. But we want to talk more about the IU game last night and the week that's ahead, really the month that is ahead for this Indiana team. And Justin Kalen, big IU fan, producer of this show, uh, and many other things here around the Big X, um, is with me here to talk some IU basketball. And Dust, uh, Justin, I'll turn the uh, mic over to you for a second. Uh, your thoughts on last night's games, from the good moments to the bad moments to some of the concerning moments with injuries that we really don't know yet what's going on with Xavier Johnson and Malik Renew. Yeah, it was a lot of fun last night initially to start that game. You really didn't know what to expect from Indiana coming off the three losses that they had just had. So I was really just looking for a good performance. And there were parts in the beginning of that game where I was thinking, holy smokes, Indiana might just boat race Iowa. They, they could maybe win this game by 30 if they keep their foot on the gas pedal. But then as the game got closer, you started to realize, okay, well, now you just have to do anything you can to get the job done, which they were able to. So hats off to them for that. In terms of the actual game, 
the whole Malik Renew thing, it, that stunk. Hopefully it's nothing serious. The fact that that happened so early in the game, I didn't really know what to expect after that. Um, so hopefully he's able to come back in a timely manner. Indiana just – they cannot catch a break with these – with the whole injury thing. So that was frustrating to see, but that also led to moments, the good moments that we saw from Anthony Leo. And aside from maybe his family, I don't know that there was anybody as happy for Anthony Leo as I was last night. I I called several games for him when he was in high school at Bloomington South. So I, I knew of his game coming into Indiana. And I've, to be honest with you, Matt, I've never really understood why he hasn't played more in an Indiana uniform because I, I know what he can do on the floor. And it, what we saw last night is what he did his whole high school career. And the fact that it's taken four years now for him to get on the floor and have a moment like that. He had 14 points on the season coming into last night, and then he puts up a 13-point performance last night. So super happy for him. That was awesome to see. Just him getting – you mentioned the post-game interview. It has to be the first one of his career. But just to be so humble and – the, the things he said in the post game, just how about how he, how he loves to put the uniform on and comes to work every day to try to make the team better. And I, I just loved seeing that from Anthony Leo because when he's out on the floor, he is one of those guys that truly, I think, is one of the only ones that knows what's going on at all times, offensively and defensively. And maybe that's from his time on the bench, just sitting back watching the team that's out on the floor. But he is very smart, has a high basketball IQ, and I just loved seeing him have that moment last night. Justin, I think it goes without saying that we're going to see more of Anthony Leal. I think he's kind of been on an uptick here recently, earning some trust from Coach Woodson. But there were a few times where he would be put into games and he really never would look to take a shot. I think after last night and some of the other uh, moments he's had, I, I think best way to say it is moments, um, that he needs to shoot more. He needs to look to shoot when he does get additional opportunities to play and see if he can build on what he was able to do last night. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and like I said, I mean, I know he can shoot like that. We I've seen I've seen him do it in high school. We he only hit had two threes on the season coming into last night, and he hit three of them last night. So that just shows you what type of player he can be. And you could tell in the assembly hall crowd that they were getting a little three point happy because he he had made those first two. And then I don't know if you remember the moment, but Gabe Cups was in the game. He had a look from the corner from the left corner. Wasn't really all that open, but the crowd, shoot it! They, they just wanted to see three-pointers drop last night. So, Anthony Leal provided that moment. I do think he will see an uptick in minutes, and and he should. Like I said, he, he knows what's going on out there on the floor. He Mike Woodson should trust him because he comes in every time. While he doesn't put up the scoring numbers, he does look good when he's out on the floor, has a really good understanding of what's going on out there. Talking with Justin Kalen, producer of this show on the Big X Sports Radio on IU's game last night. Let's go back to the injuries for just a moment. Uh, Malik Renew, again, we're just guessing here. I, I have no idea. I don't think any of us do. But concerning that he left the court, did he come back to the court on – was it on crutches that he was on the sideline, am I, or am I dreaming that? Yeah, no, they they. Uh, I didn't see it on the broadcast, but the, I saw it on Twitter. There were several guys that said he came back to the bench on crutches, but then he only stayed on the bench a couple minutes before they took him back in the tunnel. So, yeah, not really sure what's going on there. Indiana can 
not afford to have another big injury on this team, and Malik Renew would be classified as a huge injury. So they, they just cannot have that. You get Khalil Ware back last night, and he looks awesome, and it gives you that glimpse of, holy smokes, this is the guy we've been missing. That's why we've dropped the last two games, because Khalil wasn't in the lineup. Well, now, moving forward, hopefully it's not a scenario where – oh, you've got Khalil, and that's great. He's going to do awesome things, but you don't have Malik. So that takes a lot of size away from Indiana. Then you got to start relying on guys like Peyton Sparks and and Anthony Walker, who he will play inside, but he's undersized to play that position. So I, not that I have anything against the Peyton Sparks and Anthony Walkers of this team, but I would much rather have Malik and Khalil out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Malik Renew has had such a good season. Yeah. He's been really good for Indiana. Uh, let's hope for not just the team, but for Malik that it's nothing serious. It's going to keep him out for uh, any extended period of time. And then Xavier Johnson. I mean, I know people are high on him at times, low on him at other times, but golly, he's had the injury bug, the injuries issue since he's been in Bloomington. He's had a couple that have been uh, long-term deals. And so you see him go down, look to be an arm situation, yep. which is, um, I don't want to say better, but at least it's not anything lower leg with some of the other issues he's dealt with. But golly, he might bounce right back and be just fine. Who knows? We don't have any update on him at this point, but um, he has sure had some issues. Yeah, I'm not hopeful for him coming back at all this season and that's just that's based on nothing other than his reaction to getting hurt I mean you don't you're not down on the floor screaming like that if it's not something serious especially for a guy like X who has been through as much as he's gone through so I I think that's probably going to be a serious one which that's unfortunate because he had been playing he he obviously missed a good portion of the season in the early part and he was just now getting his legs back and the last couple of games he had played a lot better and he was actually the interview with Don Fisher last night in the pregame I was listening to it and that he basically touched on that like yeah I had to get my footing back I'm, I'm feeling better now I'm feeling feeling like getting back to my old self and I think we saw glimpses of that not on not only last night but in the Illinois game as well that he was indeed getting back to the Xavier Johnson that we've grown to know and love and so to see him go through that that just that really stunk hopefully hopefully I'm wrong my analysis is wrong and it is not anything serious but I just I have a hard time believing that with the way he reacted yeah, I agree. Definitely concerning both of those guys. Also, another injury note, I touched on this in the first segment. I thought, obviously, Kalel Ware was great coming back from his ankle issue, but uh, he, he showed a little favoritism to it, I thought, down the stretch. And if I remember correctly, once or twice uh, the camera caught him kind of uh, squeezing that ankle or reaching down to grab that ankle, which is never a good sign. Yeah, I didn't realize that until late in the game. I guess it was the the final time that he reached down and grabbed his foot. I didn't I didn't realize that anything was wrong. I I mean, with the way he played, it's hard to think that he was even a little bit hurting. You know, I mean, twenty three points, ten rebounds. So that, yeah, that that's somewhat concerning as well. Hopefully that's something that he can just shake off, maybe get massaged after the game or whatnot, throw some ice on it, and and he'll be good to go moving forward. Because with the other two guys going down, Khalil is going to be a guy that Indiana really has to lean on. And speaking of guys that Indiana has to lean on, and while we're on the injury situation, Trey Galloway too came up limp a couple times during that game last night with a, him apparently an injury to his ankle as well. So 
Khalil and Trey Galloway are definitely going to be the two guys moving forward if Malik and X are out for extended amounts of time. So we need them to be as healthy as possible. And hopefully that's those are situations that got worked out last night or will have worked themselves out by the time Indiana plays again. Uh, Justin Kalen with me. Justin, I got to say this. In this world of metrics and computer ratings and everything's tracked and, and uh, so forth, maybe this is out there somewhere. But Indiana, gosh, they have to be one of the most injured teams in college basketball. It just seems every year one or two major injuries uh, that derail things, whether it's temporary or permanent for the rest of the season. Um, you think back over the, the years, and there are just so many different examples that pop to mind. But uh, Indiana, to me, I know we, we're focused in on them. We're laser-focused, you as a fan, and me, we cover them. But golly, they're they're injured a lot. Well, and it's, it's so frustrating, too, because it's not – they're all just freak injuries. It's not like – so a few years ago I heard Dan Issel talking about how he thinks there's so much more injuries now because of the whole weightlifting thing. And that, I just don't feel like the injuries Indiana has had over the years has anything to do with that. It's just sometimes you're unlucky. And, and Indiana, unfortunately, has been extremely unlucky with some of these injuries, not only this year but years past, like you mentioned. So – it is frustrating. You, it's hard to see what this team can be if you're never at full strength, and that seems like it's been the case all season long for Indiana. You've got to get back to full strength, see what these guys can do, and you've got your full arsenal of guys, and that's unfortunately not been the case. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, uh, injury-prone in Bloomington, that's for sure. Justin, another topic I wanted to bring up with you is the Big Ten Conference making some announcements yesterday about the upcoming conference tournament which is going to take place what in Minneapolis uh, later this season I believe so it's closer than I guess you know out west somewhere which I think it's eventually going uh, or the far east coast or Madison Square Garden of some or something somewhere of that nature but they did give some thoughts for the future 20 game conference regular season schedule so with the new guys coming in next year some people thought maybe that there would be some additional conference games that doesn't seem to be the case also each school would play every other school at least once each season and then each school would play three different schools twice which uh, some of that would be based on uh, rivalries, competitive balance, geography, things of that nature so you could bet Indiana Purdue going to be considered a protected rivalry uh, as it is right now. And then single play, home and away locations will rotate annually. Uh, and then the biggest is, and I don't have this in front of me, but they're not going to take all the teams into the conference tournament. I, I forget the exact number. I'm scrolling forward here, but not every team will be in the tournament that's in the conference starting next year. That's going to be a little different from what we're used to and really from the approach that I think most conferences take. Well, and that's unfortunate, right? I mean, you you play your whole college basketball season for a chance to get to the big dance. And if they do make that change, which it sounds like they're going to, and there's other conferences that do the same. I think ACC is going to do the same when they expand. But if you even if you have a bad season, man, you know this, a team could be, what, like 4-25, and 25, you go to your conference tournament, and catch lightning in a bottle 
all of a sudden you're finding your way into the NCAA tournament, which is that's what you're playing for all season long to get to the NCAA tournament. So I do not like the change in terms of the Big Ten tournament because you're taking teams' chances away. And, yeah, you can make the argument, well, they don't deserve it. They could have played better in the regular season to bump their conference standing up a little bit. I get all that. But I don't know. I just I hate taking chances away from from the students, especially student athletes, especially everybody should get the chance to play in a conference tournament and and see what can happen and see if you can claw your way into the big tournament. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Justin Kalen, producer of this show uh, with us here, filling in for Dustin Dopirak, who is traveling back from the Pacers game in Boston last night. Uh, Justin, thanks for all you do. Thanks for coming on. And we'll talk with you again very soon. It's just hard to believe that tomorrow is February 1, which we're in a great spot right now because especially you and I, we love the high school stuff and the college stuff, but we're in a great, great spot for the next month or so. Uh, we get into March. It's even better with conference tournaments and the NCAA tournaments, but sad to think that <laughs> basketball season will be on the downhill trod very soon. And, uh, that makes for a long off season. Yeah. It's, it's definitely going to be over before we know it. And, I hate it. And that's it, this is the best time of the year, but it transitions to the worst time of the year when basketball is over. And I, I like baseball and all that as well, but it's it's not nearly the same as basketball. So yeah, unfortunate that we're coming up to the close of that, but we've got another what month month and a half to enjoy it. So that's yep. that's what I'm going to plan to do here. Absolutely, we'll head to a break. We're back with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. And we'll talk girls' sectionals, high school boys' basketball, and more. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on our Wednesday show right here in the middle of girls' sectional week. Postseason basketball has arrived, and that is always a good thing here in southern Indiana. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, he joins us Wednesdays to talk all hoops and sports and local things. And, Josh, I know that you uh, got a much-needed vacation in just in advance of the start of all the madness because it'll go right from the girls and their state tournament to the boys and then it gets into spring sports and before you know it it's the end of the school year and the start of the summer months which really aren't that much slower so glad to have you today and girls sectionals are here where have you been where will you be this week yeah it's uh, definitely a busy week you know everything uh, we, we started off uh, last night um uh, with uh, Charlestown and uh, Corden Central. Charlestown, you know, got out to a big lead and then held off Corden to uh, advance in the tournament. And they play uh, uh, Scottsburg on Friday night. The, the, locally for us, the tournament really gets going tonight. We've got some big games tonight with uh, starting at the Floyd Central sectional. they got New Albany and B&L. And then uh, the big game, Floyd Central against Silver Creek, 
you know, two uh, two good teams. Floyd Central won at Silver Creek earlier this year, but and Silver Creek is on a big roll now. Uh, I think they've won eleven in a row coming into this game. It's going to be, uh, you know, should be really competitive. You know, Scott Shane's got one of the one of the best uh, young teams around uh, uh, going in. Uh, they've they've had a great year. Uh, shared the shared the MSC conference title, so. You know, this is going to be a very, very good competitive game. And then, uh, you know, the winner will, will probably get, uh, barring a major upset by New Albany, the winner will probably get BNL in the Friday night semifinal. So, and then with Providence, we've got a huge game tonight, too. It's the uh, number eight Pioneers against the number nine Austin Eagles in the, in the first round game at the Providence sectional. And the winner, the winner of that game should really have, uh, have the inside track or, or, or good shot at least of making it to the finals and, and maybe the inside track at winning the sectional title. So, you know, those are, those are some of the big games tonight. And then, you know, the rest of the week, we've got some, some uh, big semifinals on Friday and then, you know, looking forward to the, to the finals on Saturday, but it's uh, yeah, definitely a big, big competitive uh, week. You know, a lot of the, a lot of these sectionals are going to be, you know, there's no clear-cut favorite in a lot of these sectionals. That the the 4A sectional at Floyd Central may be, uh, you know, Bedford's won 12 titles in a row, but Jennings County's got to be the favorite because they they beat the Stars during the regular season and uh, you know, they're having a great year. So that one's definitely uh, one to watch. I think Silver Creek could could play spoiler and and, and maybe uh, maybe give BNL a game on Friday night. We'll see, but. Uh, you know, it's definitely a fun time, that's for sure. All right, talking with uh, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, as the girls' sectionals continue this week, the boys take a little bit of a, I don't want to call it a pause, but a schedule change. We'll have games Thursday, and there are some interesting games this Thursday night, and then some other games will be played Saturday afternoon as well. So uh, the boys' game's still on, just a little bit of a different format so that the girls' section will get those key Friday night semifinals and obviously Saturday evening championship games. Yeah, it's 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 nice that, that it's done like that. You know, give give the girls, uh, you know, their – their time to shine in the postseason, and uh, you know it's it, it's great that that happens. Uh, the one I can't can't believe I didn't mention this game, but uh, you know it, it looks like we'll have a you know it's not it's not locked in yet, but you know most likely at West Washington sectional we'll have a number one versus number three uh, uh, Borden against Lanesville in the sectional final. So you know if if all if everything goes according to uh, chalk, I guess. That'll be the big game on Saturday night, and that that could be a, a really incredible game, incredible environment, you know, uh, West Washington on Saturday night because you know those two teams played during the regular season. It was a great, great, uh, great crowd at, at Borden on a Thursday night for girls basketball, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, if those two teams are are able to play again on Saturday night, we'll have another great crowd at uh, West Wash, and this time there'll be a, a lot more on the line, and 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 you know to the Whoever wins that game, you know, could have a could have a good shot at win the state championship. So, you know, that's really one of the big games to look forward to uh, um, on Saturday night. And uh, you know, heck, we we could have uh, we could have several teams from Clark and Floyd County playing for uh, sectional titles on Saturday night. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, joining us here on our Wednesday program as normal. 
Josh, the boys' season, I know that tournament and that draw will be here soon. Um, as we look ahead to the boys' postseason, uh, Jeffersonville continues to stand out. I do think the Seymour sectional could be outstanding. I also think the 1A sectional with Christian Academy, Borden, South Central, and others could be a really good week of basketball as well. Uh, and really, you look at Providence and Brownstown in the same sectional. Uh, in 3A, they're... I guess is some unknown there as well as to, to what could play out and who who could win that thing. Scottsburg, I think we all thought was the favorite heading into the season, and it might still be, but I don't think the Warriors are unbeatable by any stretch of the imagination. When I look ahead to the the four locals, and I guess really it's five local sectionals, and most of them I see the opportunity for some really competitive games and uh, the, the start of a week where you think maybe somebody's going to win, but you you're not also so terribly surprised if they don't. Uh, so I think the boys' tournament shakes out where it should be very competitive, it should be very good, and that's a, a fun week for fans and for all of us that get to be around it. Heck yeah, I would. Uh, I completely agree. You know that Seymour sectional is, is uh, shaping up. And it's going to be. Uh, looks like it's going to be a really good one yet again. You know, uh, I would. I would agree with you and say Jeffersonville's the favorite, but but heck, uh, you know Jeff lost um, two to Seymour in overtime, you know, during the regular season. So, uh, you know, Seymour, as you uh, had Kirk Manns earlier this week, has already clinched a, at least a share of the HHC title. So, you know, that that's going to be a really competitive sectional. You know, throw New Albany in there. He's having a great year under first-year coach Jason Jones. And, uh, you know, they, they beat Seymour in overtime earlier this year. So, you know, I, I think any – any one of those three teams could could definitely uh, you know have a shot at the title, and then you know also as you mentioned the Class A sectional, that that's really uh, that's you know always a great environment there. I think it's back at Borden this year. It's always a great environment. So uh, you know, and I think Christian Academy and Borden, you know, they just played last uh, last Saturday night, and Christian Academy won by a few points. I think that might be a possible preview of a of a final there, but uh, you can't. Can't count out uh, South Central, you know, with currently the, uh, and, you know, they've also clinched the, at least a share of the SAC title. So, you know, South Central's having a quality year. Then you've got, you know, defending champion Rock Creek, which you, you know, uh, is all is always going to be tough. So, you know, those those are two of the two of the sections I'm really looking forward to. And I didn't even mention, you know, obviously the Providence Brownstown uh, possibility of uh, playing in, in the in the Southwestern sectional. So. You know, those are it's it's an exciting time. You know, it's only it's only you know a few weeks away probably at this point. So, looking forward to that. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be uh, there'll be some really competitive sectionals going uh, going on then in March. Josh uh, Texter on the Thornton's text line says, "Ask Josh about the status of Romeo Langford in the NBA G League. I kind of lost track of him. I know um, he started slow, ended up having some good games. There was a story uh, from one of the Yahoo Sports NBA writers that mentioned Romeo having some conversations with the Golden State Warriors about potentially being more of a defensive-minded pickup for them." but nothing has materialized with that. Uh, any update on Romeo, how he's playing, and what's going on uh, with the Salt Lake G League team? Yeah, he's, uh, he's, played, he's, uh, he's played well recently. I think he had 16 points uh, on last Friday night. So, you know, he's, uh, he, he was starting, 
starting there for a while. Then he then he went to the bench, but uh, now he's back starting. I believe he missed he missed a few games, uh, you know, in January. But uh, but he's played he's played recently. He's he's playing well. I think he's averaging. Uh, I just had it in the paper today. I think he's averaging like nine points a game, uh, maybe three three something rebounds and and two assists uh, for the for the Salt Lake City Stars. You know he's. Uh, you know he's still hanging in there. You know, hopefully, um, you know, hopefully he could uh, make it on. You know, one of the one of the teams could pick him up, as you said, maybe a, a defensive uh, presence, or you know, who knows? He may, uh, you know, get in, get another shot. You know, we hope so. We hope to see it. One thing that I did notice uh, recently is that he's uh, he's shooting well from three point range recently. So that's always a good thing too. You know, in, in the NBA as it is now. You need to need to be able to shoot the three. So hopefully, if he can get a shot going again, you know he, he might have a shot to to get up in the NBA again. Absolutely, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, enjoy girls sectionals and really everything this week. I know that it's fun for fans, but it's a lot of stuff for you to cover and get out to. We appreciate your work and uh, talk with you next Wednesday. All right, sounds great, man. Thanks so much, and have a great day. All right, a couple other texts I want to get to on the Thornton's text line before we wrap up today. Uh, Texter says, going forward, I would like to see Leal get more minutes than Gunn. Leal seems to be a better rebounder and passer and just has a higher basketball IQ. Texter also says, if CJ's shot isn't falling, you don't get much out of him, and his shot hasn't even fallen that much. Anthony knows what he's supposed to do and where he's supposed to be, and he also knows what everyone else is supposed to do and where everyone else is supposed to be. I agree, Anthony Lill with a good basketball IQ, but that is what we would expect of a former Mr. Basketball from Bloomington South that played for legendary coach J.R. Holmes. It's uh, really good to see Anthony Leal uh, get some opportunity here for the Hoosiers. Thanks for being with us for our Wednesday show. That's going to wrap it up for today. Back with you Thursday, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall and more. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Mm-hmm.